Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know in very ever anything you really need to know. I'm Eric Ozempa. I'm Brady Stuffel. And I'm Annie Larner. Hey, Trio. How are you doing today? I shouldn't say Trio. I should say Duo. Um, how are you doing today? Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah? yeah. Weekend okay? Yeah. I played, <laughs> played at a video game tournament this weekend. How'd you do? Uh, we took second twice out of a, uh, I guess, eight-man bracket. So we okay, played did you two win days. anything? Yeah. For that? Well, I mean, we won some stuff for the game. Like, it didn't cost us anything to, to enroll. And you, <laughs> Kelsey calls it doll clothes. But you can, um, you have, there's like 160 champions in this game, and you pick one and you play. And if you've got ones that you main, you play a bunch. Um, you can buy skins for them, and then maybe they'll look like, you know, oh, now you look like a witch or a wizard, or a, you're like you're wearing pool clothes, or like, or like you're, you know, you're ready to party down or something, or you're like you're in an arcade. And um, so we won. Some of that type of junk, just cosmetic stuff, nothing, but no money, no price. You didn't get a trophy like Annie did for her karaoke case. contest or something like that? <laughs> no, no, but it was fun because it's like, um, it's a different take. So we've been playing this game for years and years and it's pretty loosey-goosey. Usually sometimes we try pretty hard and sometimes it's super casual, but this was like, we're going to take it on and we're going to like really make an effort. And so the communications were, were a lot different. And then we're talking about the games because you can record the games. And so we were watching them after. So it was actually kind of fun. It was a different, it was a different take, extremely nerdy, but in these days, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about COVID eventually, but during these days where you're not supposed to go anywhere, really do anything, be social. It's a fun way to like spend time with, with your friends. And so it was a lot of fun. So we did that. That was the kind of the highlight of the weekend. Practicing up, you know, very getting, cool. Getting, getting ready, sweaty, getting ready. Yeah. Getting sweaty and try hard. Did you yeah. ever see a movie called fistful of quarters? I don't think I did. So it's about a guy who's like doing the record on donkey Kong. Okay. It's actually really, it's like this whole group and it follows them around and they're trying to like break the record on Donkey Kong. And granted, this is pedestrian compared to the video games you're talking about. Well, but yeah, but the, I mean, I find it really fascinating. That movie to me is riveting. It just cracks me up. Did, is this the same guy that was outed for cheating? No, this guy actually did break the record. Um, there's another guy who was like second or third who actually did cheat or something like that. Yeah, there was out. like this like yeah. sort of cheating racket going on in like classic arcade games. It was absolutely yeah. wild. Um, and that's anyway, a movie also called very fascinating. It's cool. If anybody's interested, it's kind of fun. There's a there's a movie called The King of Kong, and it's about ah, okay. this guy that like like sort of used CD methods to get the records in a bunch of games and stuff, and then. They're like, there was actually one where they broke it down and somebody claimed to have this. I don't remember what the game was, but it was an old, you know, um, Atari style game. And he claimed to get this time. And so somebody went through and like programmed the game for best run because it's a very simple game. And so they're like frame by frame. They programmed the thing out to say, what's the fastest time? And this guy claimed to be like, what is theoretically possible with the game? If you if you literally program the game to do as best the best way you can. And so they're like, yeah, he's obviously cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting stuff like and like really hot competition considering how old some of this stuff is no it's cool it's a, i mean you can go down this whole entire rabbit hole but we do have a guest who's hanging on the line so i just want to pivot we're going to change the show up a little bit for our listeners and um john talk about skaggs, something talk about something gonna, interesting yeah <laughs> Exactly. John Skaggs is with us. He is with uh, Lazy J, which is the baconbandito.com. And John, are you there? Are you, can you hear us okay? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining hey. us. Um, it's my pleasure. And um, did I get that correct? Is it Lazy J Farm? Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, it's it's just just lazy Jay. Okay, awesome. Um, we a big shout out to listener Jeff who said you would be a great guest, so you can't let us down, really. 
Um, oh gosh. Okay. No pressure. Yeah. Jeff, uh, <laughs> Jeff is about, Jeff is about as nice of a guy as you can meet. So he's a, you, he's you been got a great that. friend and a huge asset to, to the, to the marketing face of my business as it's evolved over the years as well. So that's love awesome. to Jeff for sure. Well, so, and actually I always think it's funny on a, a tidbit. So we're, we're talking about Jeff. I just find it fascinating. This guy who was a wrestler in high school, I believe maybe in college yeah, too. Yeah. Finally confessed to me, like, I want to say it was a year ago, said, yeah, I listened to one of those sports podcasts. I'm like, I figured he would be like this total like sports nerd or something like that. And he just <laughs> was like, it just cracked me up. I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, but, yeah. um, so John getting back to, I, I would, like, I would hate to wrestle him by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It scares the crap yeah. out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's get back to Lacey J. So yeah. you are what's called a Pharaoh to finish. Uh, yeah work person so can you describe what that is and first of all let's take a moment to like tell people who you are and where you came from and that sort of thing sure thank you uh, and again i appreciate the invite here today uh my name is john i'm uh, originally from uh, right outside of new york city uh, i moved to colorado in right around 2004 to do hotel appraisal work uh, i'd done a master's program at nyu in hotel appraisal and uh, i wanted to do hotel development work and repositioning of hotels uh, so I, I luckily got a job in Boulder working for a big time appraisal shop and traveled the country quite a bit doing appraisals. And then in 2008, uh, when the capital markets blew up, I uh, sort of, uh, you know, there wasn't as much activity in that market. So I ended up getting into natural foods uh, and I worked as the director of sales and marketing for Haystack Mountain Cheese here in Longmont. Uh, and that's kind of what sort of uh, ignited the passion within me for agriculture and and value-added agriculture and, uh, and and all that it entails. That is an amazing journey. Did you always think you were going to do hotel appraisals when you were in school? You thought, this is this is really what I want to do? Well, no, I, I was an English major in college, and uh, I, I just liked the hospitality industry. I'd always worked in hotels and restaurants throughout college, um, but I wasn't keen on the lifestyle, working nights. It was just kind of hard to have a you know, a positive, productive life apart from working at yeah. nights for, for me, at least it was a tough, tough thing, but I wanted to somehow stay in the industry. So I, that's why I saw this program at NYU. Uh, and I thought that could be an interesting way for me to say sort of in the hospitality industry, but on a different aspect of it. And did you find yourself, had you been to Boulder <laughs> before or Colorado at all? I, I've never, never been to Colorado before. Um, my, my girlfriend at the time was, uh, coming out for an event here and said, Hey, would you, I'm a big ski bum. So she said, Hey, would you like to come out to Colorado with me? Uh, and sure enough, the, the, the branch of this company, the, the guy who, the, who founded is from Long Island, New York. So sure enough, I arranged a meeting with him and he said, Oh, you're from New York and we'd lo love to have more New York guys out here. You know, can you start next week? <laughs> and uh, he needed interns on a big project they had just uh, put together. So no, I, I called my advisor from the road and we, we arranged something and I actually did move out a few weeks after that initial meeting. Uh, and the NYU was nice enough to let me finish the master's program while in Boulder, but coming from New York city to Boulder, I had never seen a blue sky like that before. I said, <laughs> sorry guys, but I'm not coming back. <laughs> Once I got a taste of that sunshine and the, the it's just the great vibe in Boulder. And I was, I was living in lower Manhattan for all of nine 11 and all through that. So it was kind of a, uh, uh, it, it was, it was a wonderful experience to come out and, uh, and yeah, I, I uh, certainly, uh, the, the, they call it the, the curse of chief Niwot. Uh, once you come to Boulder, you can never yeah. leave it. Uh, I, yeah. tr I did try to go, I tried to leave it one time to Vermont and I was, I was back here six months later. So. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Well, welcome. 
Um, yeah, can you tell? So me? you you didn't ahead, really Brady. you didn't really really get out of the industry though, did you? Uh, no, I'm still so I'm still at farmers markets. I'm doing you know I'm doing customer engagement. I'm selling. I'm providing service. I'm creating agritourism opportunities and, and events for people. So yeah, I really. I really am still in the hospitality business. Like yeah, I got to say, as somebody who's been in the on the in, down in the pit with with all the rest of the grunts and on the line, um, I think you found a, a pretty good gig. If you if you love the industry, <laughs> being on that side of it is awesome. Because for sure, I mean, yeah, that would be the kind of person that I'd be like, wow, this guy's got it made. You know, if you're if you're still back there working, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, what I is feel, a feel lucky. so? Can you describe to us, John, what oh, yeah. heritage pork? means sure. to people who don't know in the pharaoh to finish terminology sure, yeah those, those are those about. are two terms that are not very widely known uh they are effectively the, the word pharaoh is unique to pigs it, it's a verb meaning for a sow to give birth uh a, a litter of pigs also can be referred to as a pharaoh of pigs um but what pharaoh to finish means is that uh, all of this, the piglets are farrowed on site on my farm and they grow their entire life. And they, they, you know, they go from being farrowed as piglets to being what's called grower pigs, which is sort of the middle stage of their life. And then, um, you, you, you have the finishing part, which is, is the end. And in the industry, certain pro- producers focus on one aspect of that. So in the large scale commercial uh, pork, you know, industry, you'll have people who focus just on farrowing, uh, and then others, which are called just uh, grower finishers. So they'll buy weaned piglets, and then they just feed them uh, to the end. I do everything, which means I have sows, I have boars, um, I'm managing my production years out in advance. Um, I'm, you know, I'm able to, so it's a huge amount of um, sort of deeper investment on my part, but that allows me all the control that, that I want to be able to have. So, uh, it, it's great. I, I really like it. Um, you know, I've got to be doing a lot of different things so that that helps to keep things interesting. Um, but yeah, that's Pharaoh to finish and, uh, heritage pigs are, these are breeds of pigs that, uh, existed prior to commercial farming. Mm-hmm. And when I say commercial farming, that means pigs grown their entire life in confinement under a roof. So they're not exposed to sunlight. Um, so if you take those kinds of pigs, for example, Yorks and Hamps, those kind of blue buck crosses, those pigs don't really do well outside in this hot Colorado sun because they're not, they're not, they have, that's not what they've been adapted to do. Um, so these heritage pigs that I run, uh, I basically the backbone of it is the Mangalitsa breed out of Hungary. So it's from the, it's a beautiful old breed from the trans Danubian Hills in Hungary. Uh, which is actually a very similar climate to the front range here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have those beautiful woolly coats on them. So they're very well adapted uh, through the winter times. And then they kind of shed down in the summertime. So they do pretty well. Um, and then I've crossed the Mangalitsa with uh, Poland, China, which is the one of the oldest, actually, no, the oldest heritage breed of pig that's been developed in the United States. Uh, and that was coming out of the Miami Valley in Ohio uh, in the in the 1800s. Um, so I'm kind of taking, and so the, the Poland China is known for its beautiful length, tremendously wide shoulders, a head like a bowling ball, and just huge, ha- <laughs> huge hands. Uh, whereas the Mangalitsa looks more like a little brown bear, kind of this woolly brown bear. Um, so in terms of carcass yield and dressing percentage, uh, the Mangalitsa is very, very fatty. Uh, so that this the Mangalitsa was originally used to create lard, and back in the day, lard was used to lubricate machinery, used to lubricate all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, and it, actually, here's a 
Here's a uh, little plug, if I may. This is one of the Lazy wow. J prototypes, our new Lazy J candles made with lard, Lazy oh. J lard. Yeah, scented I see that you're... Scented with lavender. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Your baconbandito.com site is where people can buy stuff. Is that correct? Or Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. The, 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 the sort of merch uh, section of the site is still kind of in development. So I'm going to have mm-hmm. yeah, hats and candles and value-added stuff soon. But uh, But yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Bacon Bandito is the, the website. So um, did you, um, name that cross? Is that a cross that you did specifically or is that common? Uh, no, that's a, the, the most similar cross that you'll see to that will be, um, the Mangalitsa cross with Berkshire. Um, and Berkshire is a, um, it's a pretty commonly seen breed. Um, and I like the Poland China better. I've, I actually used to have uh, I do have still several Berkshire sows and a boar and the Poland China. If you can see the stance on this guy, um, he is just something to behold. Uh, and I believe he has har- more hardiness with, and uh, they call more sturdy, sturdy legs compared to the Burks. So yeah, no, this is a, la- this is a lazy J. Uh, it could be a lazy J original here. But, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's really cool. And I, so, and I, yeah. I had to get the Poland China from Missouri uh, so I, I, of course I farm, you know, I feed the pigs twice a day, so I can't leave to drive to Missouri. So I put it out on our social media. I said, Hey, I'll trade somebody a half a pig to go pick up this boar in Missouri. Nice. All you need is a bumper hitch on your truck. And I had yes. somebody hit me up and they were like, yeah, we'll be there. And, and oh, sure came awesome. back three days later with the boar. So yeah. Nice trade. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. That yeah, seems fair. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. So what, like what? Like talk up the the other like other than them being these 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 burly monsters or whatever talk up the other traits like the what do they bring sure. to the to the table and yeah, um, sure. but I'm but I'm yeah. yeah well hey I mean come on. <laughs> <laughs> I work for these Eric come on well the the Mangalita is uh, I've kind of you can go as deep as you want to on this and I I've gotten you know you, you can go pretty far down the Mangalita rabbit hole there's been documentation they did a study on the uh, omega-3 to omega-6 profile in mangalitsa fat uh, compared to kind of typical uh, commodity pork. And it has a higher omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Uh, so so to me, that was one of the most unique things from a health perspective. Um, you know, bacon that's a source of good fat. So, you know, bacon that will feed your brain uh, and not clog your arteries. Uh, so that's a unique uh, sort of nutritional fact. Uh, and what it's also known for from an anatomical perspective is this beautiful intramuscular marbling uh, mm. and that really rich red flavor, red color, flavorful. And that's a real hallmark of the, the Mangalitsa. Um, so that's where I'm kind of taking the flavor and the, the chemistry of the Mangalitsa and helping to lengthen it out and improve the carcass yield uh, with the Poland China. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, forgot to do it. I forgot to do a cautionary note. This is not for vegetarian listeners. I just want to let you know. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> yeah. to do the disclaimer. So go ahead. Well, this <laughs> is for job. my this is for mindful meat. People who yeah. are curious about yeah. mindful meat. And I always say vegetarians, I'm always here on the cheat day if you ever need to. We can talk about it. So uh, and I, I love connecting with vegetarians at the farmers market. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of them uh, typically just don't like factory farming, and I don't like factory farming either. Um, so if they hear the story, sometimes, um, people will consider kind of adding, well, and John, uh, I, John, I'm truly, dishes. I'm truly kidding. The one, the one thing that I think is just so cool is within Boulder County, we have a huge 
passion for farm to table, for kind of knowing where your food comes from. And I think that you're mm-hmm. totally displaying that. So it's really cool. Um, <clears throat> I had a follow-up question for you. You worked with goats, the Haystack Farm, mm-hmm. pigs, which is the better uh, to hang out with? I love pigs. Pigs are, are, are so in my limited agricultural career, which has included goats, chickens, and pigs, um, and cows to the extent that I run away from them. Uh, they're just very big and they freak me out. There's cows <laughs> at the farm here now. Um, pigs are definitely the best. Um, they are, the, I would say, I don't mean to offend any, any other animal groups here. They're by far the smartest of those animals that I just listed. Um, and that can definitely cut both ways. Um, you know, they can outsmart, you know, they can find any hole in the system. Uh, but once you start thinking like they do, you can, you can get them to, to do exactly what you want them to. Um, but yeah, pig, pigs are the best. Uh, they're, they're very smart. They're alert. They're great to work with. Uh, they always keep you on your toes. And they, uh, I was going to say, they're just, they're a smart herd and they all work together. So yeah, I, I love the pigs. I have a friend who is a farm, a farmer locally here and they, they do kind of everything, but he got into the hu- husbandry stuff at some point and got some pigs and, it, and I'm, he, he had a great time with it, but he ended up um, not doing it again. I think they did it for one or two years. And he, mm. part of it was his struggle that they were just so intelligent and so emotionally intelligent. And he grew so close with the pigs that it was really a huge separation and a huge loss at the end of the year that they didn't want to do it again. It was too painful yeah. for that reason. Yeah. It, I, I can definitely, a lot of that resonates with me too, for sure. Um, I had to retire a sow just last week that I had for over four years, wow. uh, you wow. know, lots of litters. Um, and she had uh, kind of this back right injured leg and it was just the, the right thing to do the right time and all that. Um, and here I am now, what, six years into my career as a you know, small scale rancher, and it never gets any easier. Sure. Um, and that's kind of, of like one of the sort of the sort of emotional costs that most people probably don't think of. Um, but that definitely um, is, is a, is, is a t- tough aspect of it. But I try to help it just sort of inform my own sense of mortality and purpose and, mm-hmm. and yeah, what I'm, what I'm here to great. do. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so how did you learn your craft of pigs? Did you do, were there transfer skills from goats or I know you talked about haystack cheese, but I'm guessing you probably, maybe you weren't involved with the goat raising and all that stuff, but how did you learn your craft? If you will? Did you learn to deal with pigs by uh, working in the hospitality industry? For <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Working in, working in the, in the West village in New York city. Yeah. Dealing That's with right. customers. Yeah. That, you know, and, and you know what? Funny enough, I say that to people, you know, my dream was always to be as a, as a chef, as a kid, I always wanted to be a star chef. And with the pigs, I get to be their star chef and there's always rave reviews. You know, it's, it, it's, it's nice to have such a, you know, uh, a happy audience for what you're doing. Um, but, uh, but no, I, with, with Haystack, I, uh, I didn't do much with the actual goats, luckily hands on at that time because the goat dairy was down at the Colorado state prison. Uh, so I was not involved oh, wow. in the actual goats on the day to day, but I did actually go down there quite a bit. Uh, you know, I, I was the liaison to all of our big retailers and that kind of stuff. So I, I made several visits down to the prison. Um, but uh, but no, in terms of the goats, uh, it's it's like my, uh, my one of my mentors said, the only thing crazier than 
uh, feeding an animal twice a day is milking it as well. <laughs> uh, and dairying is a whole other deeper, you know, infinitely deeper level of dedication that I couldn't even imagine. Mm. Um, but no, as a, as one of my initial mentors also said, you know, when I said, Oh, what, what are all the things required for goats? He said, John, it's food, water, shelter. He said, don't, don't overthink it too much beyond that. It's food, water, shelter. Uh, and that's pretty much all it is for the pigs too. And no, I, I ended up just getting two pigs on Craigslist uh, from this very bizarre guy out east, um, and uh, and just sort of uh, begun to um, collect mentors and invite mentors into my life, and uh, and yeah, learned learned a lot. Uh, Did the bizarre guy have a pseudonym of Brady or? Um, yep, <laughs> I, I call his name was Bobby Schmidt. I still have him in my phone as Bobby Pig. I, I arrived Bobby there. Pig. I arrived there. He was wearing like shorts with a, he had a pistol on his, oh, wow. uh, on his belt. And, and I thought I had never been to a pig farm before. So I was like, wow, okay, I guess I'm going to have to get a pistol and this and that. And I was picturing <laughs> this whole new. Yeah, exactly. So then he told his young daughter who's wearing flip-flops. He told her to go into this pen with a sow and try to extract two of the piglets from this angry sow oh, when she's wearing flip-flops. So into this muddy pit pen. So the whole thing was, at one point, he fired a shot into the air to try to calm things down, but it was not. Getting an image of Chevy Chase, giving an image of Chevy Chase in vacation or something for some reason. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I tore her out of the parking lot of the, with my two piglets, and, and that was it. Yeah. So then you get the you get the two pigs, John. So then, where do you did you go and seek out advice before that, or did you say, "Hey, I've got two pigs. I want to be a pig farmer. Who do I go seek out?" Right. So those two pigs uh, were, uh, they were just kind of too small, what's called feeder pigs. They were, uh, they're called what's, what's called barrows, which are uh, gelded males in the pig world are called barrows. Um, uh, so those can't be used for breeding. And their purpose of those is just to feed them out to, to learn and get a sense of, okay, is this an animal that I want to work with daily? Is this a good fit, et cetera. Uh, so I got two like that. Then maybe I got another smaller group of around four to six uh, Durox. Uh, I sold a couple to friends, uh, uh, used one for an event, that kind of a thing. Then as I said, okay, this is actually, I love working with these pigs. I, I can, I think I can do it. Uh, that's when I found a, a, my a good friend recommend that I check out this post on Craigslist. There was a guy selling a mangalitsa boar right around the corner from my farm. Wow. Uh, so I get, I get to the farm, really sweet guy who just passed away, Kim St. Peter, a rest in power. Um, he said this gorgeous, huge mangalitsa boar, uh, Louie. So I says, wow, this is an incredible animal. I, I would love to have him be the backbone of my herd. I said, but I don't have, I, I don't have anyone to breed him to. He said, I said, it's a shame. He said, well, his breeding partner is currently loaded up in the trailer going to the butcher tomorrow. He said, if you come here with $800 by Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., they're both yours. And I said, okay, sounds good. So I did it. And I took both of them. And that's what I started my herd with. I'm going to um, tell you, I didn't think it was such a wet and wild world out there. Uh, pig, pig I know, pistols, be... pistols yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah just like wild. go get a tote shooting off you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving back, you know, so I get the two of them. And uh, yeah, I made it work. Uh, they Mango was a very rough sow. So he didn't, he had a tough couple of first litters were very tough, didn't go well. Um, and, uh, he was ready to just kind of ready to move on. And, uh, I was willing to get into it. I did a lot of research on farrowing methods, 
not using farrowing crates. That's kind of like a small cage. Yep. So uh, I, I followed a lot of this research from the University of Rural Scotland. They did all these trials on the best way to have sows farrow yep. that maximize uh, welfare and uh, you know manageability and safety and all that. So I'll say you it know, sounds you- like you put a lot of thought into the actual um, working with the pigs, but the, the acquiring of the pigs sounds like a bit of Kramer from from Seinfeld. Just yeah. oh, you yeah. want a pig? I'll, I'll get you a pig. You can show up here. dollars. Absolutely. There's a lot of that for sure. If you ever need anybody to do some investigation in Edinburgh, Scotland, let me know. I'm happy to to do some investigation of pig farming for you over there. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Where can people buy your products? I mean, how do they how do they get products? So this year, I'm very excited. Um, I am building a, a mobile farm stand and chuck wagon. So uh, the word chuck, by the way, in chuck wagon is an Old West word for food. Oh, wow. So, uh, so you guys want to file that one away. Uh, wow. I, I looked. I was doing wow. some branding exercise the other night. I think there was 40-something names for whiskey in this old wild, you know, cowboy's wow. uh, uh, handbook. <laughs> But, uh, it's funny. But no, I, mean, I literally just learned that term this week, reading a children's book with my son about really? a chuck wagon. Yeah. You oh, went to okay. like the cowboy's job was to go clean the pots and pans at the chuck wagon yeah. where you would get dispense the food to all of the cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, the precursor yeah, to the food truck is the chuck wagon is what you're exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The OG. Yeah. So that's so, uh, cool. That's, that's what I'm working on. I, I bought a 28 foot long mobile office trailer that you would see as like a headquarters of a construction site, something like that. Yeah. Um, so half of it is going to be a farm stand where you can buy raw pork, uh, honey, all kinds of Boulder County farm products. And then the other side is where you can get a breakfast sandwich, a pulled pork sandwich, and those kinds of simple uh, handheld items that feature Lazy J pork. So dear God, um, John, tell us, tell me that you're not doing all of this yourself. So you like, I, I picture I you luckily, selling pork and then you're running over to make my pork sandwich next door. No, luckily, <laughs> luckily I have an amazing farm stand staff. Um, so I've been at the Longmont Farmer's Market. That's where I met Jeff, uh, Jeff Sylvester. So I, uh, I'm at the Longmont Farmer's Market every Saturday. Uh, and I have an amazing two-person farmer's market staff. So they will be there running that part. I'll be in the kitchen uh, until I'm able to hire somebody to, to run the kitchen. And then I can just kind of be schmoozing out front uh, and, and doing that. But, but yeah, I'm excited. This is a huge step up that you don't hear many farmers try to make. Uh, it is a, uh, not an easy one because the skill sets from farming to, to culinary don't really translate typically. Um, but I feel like my life experience and, uh, the factors that I've been able to kind of set up around me uh, are, are ready, ready for, for liftoff. <laughs> so Do you what sell don't- to chefs around here? You know, I, I sell to a, a few food trucks here and there, um, but I typically don't produce at a volume that can satisfy chefs. Uh, and I, I'm not able to meet the price points that they're typically looking to target. So typically not chefs. Uh, I want to make sure that I can have enough pork just for my, you know, kind of weekly customers at the farmer's market who, you know, kind of been with me forever. So, so yeah. Yeah. So what don't you sell? Are you like making origami too? And you're making candles as well. And um, you know, so like your chef, farmer, hospitality, farmer's market yep, guy. So I'm kind of worried. I'm worried. I'm worried about you burning the candle at both ends. No pun intended, but you know. Oh, right, right. There you go. Well, I mean, I, I try to keep, keep busy. keeps me out of trouble. Um, and I'm actually working with a friend now on, um, uh, in in uh, Chinese culture, they have what's called lard bricks, 
Um, and for like a Chinese hot pot, um, oh, okay. you, would, you would take a large brick. It takes a while to prepare the spices. So you, you basically spice these large bricks and then wrap them and freeze them. So we're looking at actually a couple of mm -hmm. ways to uh, kind of have a large cube that, that has awesome. rosemary, garlic uh, sort of marinade. So oh, you that's can cool. you know, kind of toss that on some vegetables before roasting or like a, a Szechuan kind of style if you want to do a roasted chicken or a hot pot or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, really it's, cool. a, you know, it's, it's beyond beyond the fact that this you know, nose to tail is a very, you know, kind of buzz term in the culinary world these days. From my perspective as a small scale farmer, just trying to tr keep this thing running, um, I need to look at every gram of that carcass and say, okay, how can I not only mm -hmm. honor this creature, but how can I keep myself in business um, and, and create value added products out of these things? So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And I'm so thankful that pigs are so versatile that allow me all these opportunities to, to do value added products. That's awesome, John. I wanted to get a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. I know you got pigs to feed. Um, sure, yeah. But so when you, just to clarify, so the trailer you talked about buying or having mm -hmm. now, you're not talking about setting that up at your farm. You're talking about bringing that to different places. Is that Yeah, correct? I'm going to be, okay. uh, the plan is I, I haven't been accepted yet, but I, I'm planning to be at the Longmont Farmer's Market every Saturday. And then I have a farm stand on Highway 52 at North 79th, kind of right near IBM there on 52. Uh, and that's okay. where it'll be uh, probably going to be like Wednesday through Friday over there. Um, and then for special events, farm dinners, things like that. Fantastic. So what, um, what else can we do to promote the heck out of you? So do you have something we haven't asked you or uh, um, anything else you want to promote? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the best way is just for, to try to get as many people to come out to the Longmont farmer's market on Saturdays as possible. Um, I find it's just such a great place to connect, even in these kind of COVID times, but outdoor connection. Um, and uh, yeah, just to, to try to think about supporting a local farmer before they're buying something uh, at a grocery store. I know that it does take more effort, more energy. It costs more. Um, but I just try to help people think about the fact that uh, I live here in town. So the dollars that they spend with me are just going to end up recycling themselves over and over right here in our town. So uh, it, it really does make a huge difference, uh, particularly in the wintertime. Uh, I would say the best bet uh, for people who are keen about learning more about the pigs and all that, our Instagram uh, at bacon bandito, bacon underscore bandito. Um, the Instagram is a great way to people stay in tune with what we have going on. And I do all kinds of videos with the pigs behind They're the awesome. scenes. That kind of I stuff. love your videos. Oh, They're so oh, good. Nice. Is that, is, <laughs> Is piglets a technical term? Yes, yes. Piglets okay. are piglets are when they are young. Yeah. So they'll go from piglets to yeah. So piglets is kind of like their uh, you know, kind of preteen. They can be piglets up to preteen, kind of. Oh wow. So huh. cute. Oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> no, your yeah, website is so cute. Yeah, your website's awesome. I love the picture of you uh, getting a kiss from a pig here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Just have encourage everybody to check out baconbandito.com and then check a, check you out at the farmers market and Longmont. It looks like April is the opening with the farmers market usually. So Yeah, we, April. But sure. otherwise people can always just email or call me. You can get me on the website. Um, nice. I'm always, no matter what time of the year, I'm always selling quarters, halves, and whole pigs. So if you're ever interested or just looking for a few pork chops, just call or text me and uh, I can either deliver them or you can pick them up. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here in town. I want to be the, 
Longmont pig farmer that everyone thinks about when they uh, looking for local pork. So. Awesome, John. We really <laughs> so appreciate cool. you taking time. And I know we, we tried to get you before, but uh, it's really great for you to take time off from taking care of the farm. So thank oh, you so yeah, much. Sure. And um, we'll let you go. And thanks for joining thank us you today. Yeah, appreciate take care. it. Look forward to meeting you guys hopefully someday at the market. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks that was so John much. Skaggs <laughs> over at the Lazy J and uh, BaconBandito.com is his website. Encourage everybody to check out uh, items that he has for sale. You know, he's sold out on those really cool hats though, Brady. I was kind of bummed, but, uh, yeah, darn. Yeah. I mean, he had some cool stuff over there. Yeah. I was genuine. I mean, very impressive all the way around. I got to go get some pork chops. I know. Yeah, I saw those, <laughs> I saw those like lard candles at the Christmas yes. market. It's so cool. Oh, it's very cool. What a great idea. Did, can I ask you a dumb question? Did it smell? The dumb? one that I smelled was scentless. <laughs> So okay. I was a little worried. Okay. I was a little leery about that, but he said he had exactly. the, uh, yeah. the lavender added. So I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, just, yeah, just worried about big fat, you know, in my, I know. well, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I think that I like, does anything like smell worse than baking for your house? Like <laughs> yeah. for eight hours after you bake uh, it, you're like, broccoli, I need a candle broccoli, to change this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, Brady. You're going to say something. Sorry. Oh yeah. I was going to say like, I think paraffin wax is like made out of petroleum. Right. So it's like the same yeah. stuff. that Right. Sure. Are. So like same you refine it right. Yeah. Probably you could get there. Yeah, yeah, that's Basically, true. So. That's true. So yeah. hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's not because I mean I love I love bacon as much as the next guy, but you got to really run the hood fan in order to get that without it being terrible. <laughs> exactly. Saturday morning, a little brunch, and you're like, ah, geez, or Sunday afternoon, you're like, okay. I'll tell you the best way to cook bacon, and you might you probably will freak out about this, but I throw it in the oven. So just throw it mm-hmm. in the oven, oh, four twenty five. Throw it on the grill. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, it's like I just don't want to deal with a splattering pan. So just throw it in the oven. Right. Done in a few minutes, flip it over in a couple minutes, and it's done. Yeah. So what happens? You did a thing um, a while ago analyzing a bunch of different ways to cook bacon, and they said that their favorite way is to put it into a cold pan, put it, turn up the medium, but you don't ever crank it so it doesn't smoke. And then you okay. just sort of cook it at that temp, and it doesn't yeah. spit so bad. So. Huh. That's, okay, that's more or, or less how right. I usually do it, unless I'm like really hungry. <laughs> I guess we're like, all going to need some pork products after this. Yeah, I know. Oh, Seriously, I know. I'll say, I'll say, some bacon notes. I lived in Germany, and uh, the oh, the beef yeah. over there is is not good. I mean, it's no. just it's not really a thing. And so we started eating pork over there, and it it like opened my eyes to a whole other world. Yep. Growing up in Minnesota, it's all you know dairy and 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 that type of stuff. And so there's a lot of like beef was it. Like yeah. people would just buy beef and beef and beef and beef and pork was like, well, I mean, I guess what do you got a diet or what? But uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty good stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. We're going to shift gears. So let's talk about maybe a couple of things around Longmont. Mm-hmm. If there's anything we want to report, anything we want to talk about. Well, um, there's the big one. Yeah, Brady. There's the big one. Um, so we can pull this up. The uh, Oscar Blues has been sold. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's huge. My monster beverage. Yeah. 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 Buying, yeah. Buying my monster. I got to say like good for them if they wanted to cash out or whatever, but also, man, it's sort of a point of pride to have something like that in town and then to have it bought out by um, like a big, you know, having it, it now it's, it's part of a, a conglomerate. Yeah. It's I part feel of like a, he held out for a long time yeah, too. I, I mean, that could have happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in some ways it was for a long time. We got to we only hold on to it for so long, you know? Well, and there's a price to everything. I mean, I used to think right. New Belgium was like New Belgium is you can't touch it. And I think it's been sold twice and owned twice. So well, and, yeah. And yeah. the other thing that makes me think, you know, now is probably a like there's math for the owner to say now is a good time because we've talked about um aluminum prices going up, being able to source yeah. cans and all that stuff. Yeah. Like right. just go, you know what? Like I've got this big dangling offer 
for a boatload of money. Oh yeah. And I, I can't get cans anymore. Nobody wants to do runs of the size that I want anymore. Um, just I'm done. You know, I'm going to go on to my next thing. And so I, I'm sad to see, um, you know, this Longmont, whatever establishment, whatever you want to call it, um, sort of switch hands. I don't know what will happen to everything right here, but uh, yeah. And I think that's the big question for me is like, as long as it stays in Longmont, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. worry that, you know, they might shift or, you know, you got lions. I don't know if they still own the restaurant in lions. I don't know. Um, no idea. I don't know if you sold off so. all the restaurant assets. I know they we did they did that earlier, but I'm not sure if that includes. I want to say he kept Lions because that was sentimental, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, really for me, it's all about like staying here mm-hmm. and still producing it here. That would be awesome. And if they decide to up and leave and go somewhere, but, I mean, else, they produce like <clears throat> everywhere now, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not their only production. No, but they're two. But the two places are Longmont is where they tout they're from, and then they also have another plant. In, South Carolina or North Carolina. Yeah, in the South, okay. I think. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah, you got it. So, um, the other thing, too, is we'll talk about a closing, which is kind of a sen- – it's in- evoked some sentimental um, feelings for us around this house because – um, Sandy, my wife, actually used to work at Macy's and Foley's and mm-hmm. Median F and all those iterations of what that story used to be. So in Boulder, they're closing the Macy's in about three months. And mm-hmm. we were both kind of waxing on poetically to, today. And you both are too young <laughs> to remember this. And you haven't, Brady, you haven't been here, but but back in the day, it was like 1984, 86 when they redid the mall. And it was like this world-class indoor mall. And it had a food court back then. And many of us have been to food courts. But one thing we were laughing about is they had this bar in the middle of the food court. And I just think to myself now, like, who the heck was getting a drink at the food court? <laughs> yeah, mall, culture, <laughs> mall culture was so different. Like, it was. It was in the malls fascinating. In the 80s, yeah. yeah, definitely um, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, Macy's. It's kind of been a long time coming, but it has. I mean, that store is a shell of itself. We used to talk about how crazy it was. The second store in Colorado, as far as as far as busyness, it was just insane. Oh, and it's just like nothing now. Yeah, but anyway, um, life changes. Uh, Let's see, Annie. I wanted to ask you about one other thing too. Like, how is I know you how you're feeling about Christmas lights and taking them down, but how do you feel about the community like cities keeping lights up for a long time, like Roosevelt park and downtown, not to point a shade at. Yeah. I'm going to have to tread carefully here because yeah. this is a point of contention in our house right now because our oh, lights is. are still on and wow. I'm not happy about it, but you well, know, not. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm not, in, that's not my domain outdoor lights. That's just not my thing. So I don't have a whole lot of control over that, but so I will express that I totally think they should be down. We are spilling way too much into January. It is right. done. It's done. January 1st is when it should be done, but I'll give you a little bit of a grace period, maybe to the 5th. But after that, we're done. We're moving. Yeah, on. so my that's my big pet peeve in the city is that I love that they put them up so early. So I have to confess that my lights are down, have been mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks now because, you know, even though it was we had snow on the roof, I'm like, I am getting those down yeah. somehow. I'm yeah. going to struggle up there and kill myself to get those lights down. <laughs> but anyway, because I've got all that time frame like you do, Annie. My big bugaboo, though, is I love the city's lights. I think they've done a stellar job, but it's like, you know, as soon as January 5th rolls around, like they're going to be up till March. I guarantee it. It'll be into February. I know. I know. I mean, I know it's a lot of work to get them up. I get it. You know, you really want to like get the most out of it, but it's not as special when you leave it up for like it goes, it decreases every day. Exactly. And they're they gradients. They have a they're fixed gradients. value amount. And the more, that's the more what I'm days. saying, Brady. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the law yeah. of diminishing returns on those. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's dramatic. You heard it here first, folks. Um, I don't have a piece of news, but I did want to share a quick story that's like somewhat grim, but has a happy ending, if you don't mind, a little personal story, which is um, last week, uh, there was a police activity situation outside of my son's school. Yes. Columbine. Yeah. 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 And um, so I, it was kind of interesting. It was my first time having my kid in school when there's sort of like a safety threat going on. And it was really, it was really a weird experience. You know, we showed up and we, we all got communication immediately from this, you know, there were police everywhere and it was right when school was letting out and we all got communication at the same time. You can see all the parents standing outside, pulling out their phones, reading messages and stuff like that. They're all going off and reading that the kids were, had like a security situation. They were locking the doors. They were keeping them inside for the time being due to police activity. And they said nothing to do with the school, but it's just unrelated, but we're keeping them inside. And so we all waited around for a while and then we kept getting more communication. And then eventually they just felt whatever was going on with the situation, it was safe enough to release the kids one class at a time. And they gave us communication again about how to pick up the kid and who and how to bring him home. And um, it turns out things were fine, but the police like investigation with the situation did proceed like to spill into the next day. So even the next day we had to come and like drop our kids off on one certain side and put them in and everything was fine. But I just wanted to like give a shout out to Longmont police and the district and all of their safety and the school for how unbelievably coordinated this was. Hmm. I never once was like concerned about the safety for the kids. They had total protocols in place. They had amazing communication with the parents and you could tell they were communicating well with the police department. And if you want to go read about that whole situation with the police, they didn't Longmont police did an amazing job deescalating a situation that could have turned out a lot differently than it did. So everybody just, did their job and everything went off without a hitch and all the communication was so good. And I was just really impressed with the district and how they've put these protocols together. It just gives me a lot of peace of mind. Well, I think, I thank you for sharing that story just because from your personal side too, I mean, it's important. And, and also for you to thank everybody that was involved. I think that's really important too. And, and I can't speak highly enough. We, we had been in situations like that with my own kids and it's been, it was pretty amazing about how the police as well as the school district is, you know, doing their best given the circumstances. So I just really appreciate you sharing that. And I'm glad it was a great outcome. I was freaked out as like, I'm sure many people were when they saw the notification come through on their phones. So yeah. 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 It was interesting. They did a really good job. And I'll say one of the really cool things is their protocol for situations like this with the children, with communications is they told them that there was a wild animal on the loose. And I think that, (laughs) I think it's, it's funny and clever. And actually like, if you think about it, a really thoughtful way to communicate with kids, a tricky situation. Yeah, I think that's really cool, actually. I think that's pretty neat. So was it a pig or? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I had to go there. So yeah. oh, Full circle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Annie. Um, anything else for the listeners? We um, I have a question, go. Eric. Did you already mention this new India Cafe opening on opening at Village at the Peaks? Did you mention that a few weeks ago? We did. We did mention I that. Remember. It um, sounds familiar, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. I actually wasn't india it was asian well it's tiffin's india cafe okay so that's brand new yeah okay that's opening up right there at village at the peaks um yes right there off the green turf area yeah yeah yeah. next to uh ozo coffee thereabouts yes next to ozo exactly so some new indian indian food if you're into that i love indian food so that's cool i gotta check that out so yeah that's awesome cool um what else anybody else got anything else 
I think we've we've held our listeners, our faithful listeners, captive long enough. I don't know about that. You know, there'll be a lot of things. You know, we can we can always assure that our faithful listeners, like John, will be calling and correcting us. I'm oh, sure that's right. Yeah. yeah, John, John did offer John just, uh, location John just, of a vacuum John, repair store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What yeah. was the? Yeah, what was that? Camera? The name was. He said it was next to the roost. I'm going to totally forget. So, John, just email us again and tell us where the <laughs> yeah. vacuum store is. It's on the south uh, side of the 500 checker. block breezeway, just across. And just the to roost. really, just to really <laughs> nag him too, we could just say, "Isn't that the Terry Street?" overpass i can't remember what was the name yeah of the no overpass? it's the yeah it's it's the gay street overpass <laughs> hey as always we thank andy epler for our intro music thanks to dave cutter music for our outro thanks to john skaggs for visiting with us today from lazy j check him out at baconbandito.com find us wherever you find your podcasts and as always i thank andy and brady for joining me. thanks everyone <laughs>